In the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. For all the kids and teens up through the 12th grade, please come forward. Almost there. You know where? Christmas. Christmas. When is Christmas? Twenty-fifth. That's next week, isn't it? Where's the fourth Sunday of Advent? Where did it go? We always have four Sundays in Advent before Christmas. So where's the fourth Sunday of Advent? This is the third Sunday. You've got hope, love, joy. And next Sunday's peace. If we don't have a fourth Sunday of Advent, we're not going to have any peace. So, what do we do about that? Well, let me tell you. Next Sunday morning at 9 o'clock, we're having one service. One service at 9 o'clock for the fourth Sunday of Advent. And then at 5 o'clock and 9 o'clock in the evening, we're having our Christmas Eve services on the same Sunday. And then... Christmas Day, Monday, we're going to have a 10 o'clock service, quiet service. So we're going to keep peace. We got peace. We got it taken care of. And, th and then we're going to have Christmas as well. So for Christmas, um, uh, any of y'all getting anything for Christmas? Any presents or anything? I mean, receiving. Do you expect to receive something for Christmas? Y'all receive any? You get gifts for Christmas? Are you giving anything for Christmas? You are? You giving? Yeah. So, so when do you open your gifts? Like on Christmas morning or Christmas Eve? Christmas morning. Christmas morning? Christmas morning? Christmas morning? Really? <laughs> well, my mom and dad always let us open our pajamas on Christmas Eve. <laughs> open our gift of pajamas. Our, my granddad, my mom and grandpa always brought us pajamas when they came to town for Christmas. Uh, nine of us, so that was a lot of pajamas. Um, but that's what we had. But you know what? I want to make sure that you open all of your gifts. And I'm sure that you open all the gifts that are for you on Christmas morning, right? So there's one gift that some people just don't forget to, that, that they forget to open. And that's the greatest gift of all. Do you know what that is? The gift of Jesus himself. He gives himself to us. That's what Christmas is all about. He gives himself to us. He becomes just like us. He gives up all of the infinity of heaven, all the wonderful, magnificent glory of heaven, and he comes down in this broken, dark, sinful world, which he created good, but we made bad. So... He comes down and he gives himself to us. And people forget to open that gift. They leave it over in the corner by itself. And it stays wrapped all year long. The gift of Jesus. 
Now, we come here, we worship Jesus, we, we give our hearts to Jesus, we give our lives to Jesus when we come to church and when we worship. But there are a lot of people in the world who don't know to do that. They don't, they don't know to open the presence of Jesus. And so I encourage you not only to open that present yourself as he gives himself to you, but to help remind others that they too should open the present of Jesus himself. The greatest present, a promise that anybody's going to receive, wonderfully wrapped in humanity, but also has his divinity, his God, godness with him. So greatest, greatest, greatest present of all, don't forget to unwrap that and to help other people, remind other people to unwrap it as well, okay? All right. Well, thank you for coming up. Thank you all. You're singing well today. Just letting you know. We don't have a packet thing. To, oh, yeah, we do. You know, nobody's going to get a packet, are you? Okay. Thank you. Well, listen to Deacon John now. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. So, good morning. It is the third Sunday of Advent, and it is the Sunday of joy. And so I want to talk a little about joy with you this morning. I hope that you leave here with a sense of joy and peace and hope and love. So he was going to make sure I got them all four in there. All right. I want to look this morning at the gospel message first. I was struck by this message as a teacher because we see that John's time as a teacher is drawing to an end and Jesus' time has just begun. He's, he's just been anointed in the river. He's just been recognized by John the Baptist. And so I think it's fitting to notice in today's gospel that Jesus takes up exactly where John left off. John, who's been preaching uh, sermons of repentance, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And we will see that Jesus begins his life of sermons with the same words, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. And I think that's an appropriate way for uh, one preacher to take over for another. Uh, it honors John for the work that he has done. It affirms John for the message that he has delivered. It confirms 
that the message that he has delivered is the same message that Jesus himself will deliver. How comforting that is for John. I would point out to you that John's focus, unlike that of his disciples, is not alarm that his time is at an end, that his followers are decreasing and Jesus' followers are increasing. In fact, it's exactly the opposite. He rejoices that he has done what he was created to do. He has prepared the way. And people are drawn to Jesus because they've been prepared. And so it is that he says that his joy has been fulfilled. I think it's also important to notice that in addition to to that joy and that fulfillment, that even though John's pinnacle has passed, he continues to do the work for which he is called. As long as there are people who come to the river, John is there to do the work that God has prepared for him to do. So, joy, the joy and the excitement of a job well done. But, I'd like to take a look at the setting for our first reading from Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah tells us that God delivers this message, for I'm about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. And I think that's exactly the mindset that both John and Jesus displayed as the torch is handed from one to the next. The focus is not on what has been done in the past. The joy exists because of what is coming. And John is excited to have seen the bridegroom and to know that new things are coming. It makes it possible for him to decrease and for Christ to increase. When Isaiah delivers this message of a new earth and a new heaven, he delivers it to a people on the verge of destruction. The ten tribes of Israel are on the verge of being destroyed by Assyria. And shortly after that, shortly in historical terms, of course, um, the two remaining tribes will find themselves facing Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar and captivity and the destruction of the temple. Hard times. 
And yet what message does Isaiah deliver to his people? He delivers a message not of the current calamity, but he focuses the eyes on the distance, on the goal. The time will come when new heavens and new earth will be created and we will not be looking backwards to the tough times that we've lived through. I see words here of encouragement. They say, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I'm about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. You, I, we are created as a delight in the eyes of God. And he rejoices at those who hear his voice and answer his call. His life filled with joy that his creation fulfills what it was created to do. And he rejoices in our willingness to submit to him. Delight. That word delight. It's used a lot in the Old Testament. God delights in his creation. You are a delight in God's eyes. And so... As I was reading these verses this week, I don't know how many times I've read these verses, but as I was reading them this week, what stood out to me were these words. They shall build houses. They shall plant vineyards. Long shall they enjoy the work of their hands. I don't guess I'd ever noticed I was so focused before on the new heavens and the new earth and all of the blessings that come with that long life and the absence of grief that I just didn't focus on the fact that we are called to work in the kingdom. We are called to build. We are called to plant we are called to enjoy the work of our hands. As John, even as his time comes to an end, is still baptizing people in the river. What a joy. What excitement exists in the heart of the person who can keep his focus on God's plans for the future. So, this morning, we have words that encourage joy, words that encourage work, in the kingdom, 
words that encourage us to look forward and not backwards. And so I want to finish my thoughts this morning by looking at the words that God gives us for the present. As he is speaking to the church in Thessalonica. Because in that church, the journey is at its beginning. Paul has taught of what he's seen and what he's heard. He's delivered the gospel message. The people have said, yes, Lord, and answered the call of Jesus. And so what does their life look like as they focus forward and not backward? As they focus on the work that God has given them to do? Well, I would remind you that Jesus tells us that the way is narrow and difficult. That leads to the narrow gate, which we enter in order to achieve eternal life. And what's true about that is that you and I don't know the way there. On our own, there is no hope of achieving that desire to arrive at the gate and to knock, even though we know if we knock, it will be opened. You have to arrive at the door for that to occur. But here's the good news. Jesus knows the way. He is the way. And as long as we live a life with our eyes fixed firmly forward on Jesus, we can't help but to arrive at the right location. So here's what Paul says to his church. He says to them that they should admonish one another, that they should encourage one another, that they should lift one another up, they should help the weak, they should be patient with everyone. When you look around you, you see the body of Christ, you see his church. And we are on a journey following Jesus. If we can see Jesus and we can look around us and we can see the body of Christ, then we are where God has called us to be. And part of what we're called to do is to lift one another up to encourage one another. I promise you when we fall down in the mud and we're scratched up on our elbows and our knees that if we look around we should see brothers and sisters in Christ who help us up. And when we stand up yet again Wipe off a little of the mud like that will make a difference. How many times have we fallen? But it doesn't matter. 
Because if we look up and we can see Jesus and we look around and we can see the body of Christ, then we are where we're called to be. And so the journey might be difficult. But Paul reminds us that we should rejoice always. We rejoice always. We rejoice in the falling down and the getting up and the wandering off and being called back because we're surrounded by the love of God's church and his people. And we experience the joy that was an annual occurrence for his people as they traveled to Jerusalem, to the temple, to worship at festivals like Passover. For those of you who have been to the promised land after a long journey from up north in Galilee, Jesus and his disciples having walked down a river valley would turn and look up the hill. A day's walk. Hard, hard day's walk, or in my case, a week's walk. And they would sing psalms of ascension. They would be filled with joy. You see, Jerusalem is just over the top of the hill out of sight. The new heavens and the new earth are just over the hill out of sight. But the path is sure. The destination is certain. If the Holy Spirit is with us, if we say, yes, Lord, change us, put to death my old self, put on Christ, then shouldn't we be filled with joy? So it is my prayer for all of us this third Sunday of Advent that the prayer that Paul shared to the Thessalonians will be true for us. May the God of peace himself sanctify us entirely and may our spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do the work of preparing the way. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.